0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm T. Lusk, and I'm the Rolling Hills Columbia campus pastor. Today we're launching a brand new series called Everyday Armor. In this series, we're going to be diving deep into Ephesians 6 and discovering what the armor of God is and how we can use it in our daily lives. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff as we look at what it really means to be in a spiritual battle and why it's essential for us to find our strength in God. Here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus, everybody at our Nolensville campus, our Nashville campus. Welcome to everybody online. I'm so thankful you're joining in today because I believe that God brought us here for a reason and for a purpose as we grow deeper in our faith. And what a great morning of worship. I mean, man, just being in the Lord's presence is so awesome, so amazing. And I'm so thankful this morning we're launching this brand new series. It's a series called Everyday Armor. It's a series as we walk through the full armor of God and how do we get dressed, how do we live, how do we interact in all of our relationships and how do we live in this life as Christ followers. Now, I love movies. Anybody else a big movie person? Everybody like movies here? All right. Good, 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 good. It's awesome. Now, I like action movies, okay? So I'm much more in the action movie thing. but. But I live, right, with an amazing wife and three daughters. So I've got a high school daughter, two middle school daughters who are awesome, but I live in the Simmons sorority house. And so in the Simmons sorority house, right, they like the Hallmark movies, right, and they like the rom coms. And so we kind of have some disagreements on what movies that we should watch. And so Lisa and I, during COVID, we got this idea that we needed to educate our kids, before they go off to college, we need to give them a classical education in some of the finer movies, okay, so that they would know and be able to converse with people. We started watching through the Star Wars movies, okay? So we we wanted them to be up to speed on that. And four, five, and six, definitely way better than one, two, and three. But, you know, we kind of helped them learn that. Then we went to Star Trek, you know, so they would be able to talk Trekkie if they had to, you know, to meet people. And and then we went to Karate Kid, right? You got a Karate Kid, the greatest move in all of movies. Boom, you know, like the crane. You know, this is amazing. So we did Karate Kid. Now we're on to Rocky. So we're at Rocky now. We're helping them to understand This, But if you notice like every good movie, every good story, there's always this battle, right? Between good and evil, right? You got the good guys and you got the bad guys. And we always see this tension And every good movie, every good story has that. Why? Because they know it's what happens in the real world. They know that that's what's going on in our hearts, and our lives. It's in the DNA. And so you see it in Star Wars, you know, you're watching Anakin. You're like, no, don't go to the dark side. You know, you're seeing that. Or Luke, use the force. You're watching this. Unfold, right? You're seeing Karate Kid versus Cobra Kai, or you're watching Rocky versus Mr. T. I pity the fool, right? You know, or Ivan Drago, I must break you. You know, you got this good versus evil that's happening right there. But the fact is, this is that all of us as Christ followers, we've entered in this arena. And there is a spiritual battle that is happening around us. And we can go through our lives and kind of live our own thing and like just do what we would normally do and forget about it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's happening out there. And when we come alive in Christ, we need to engage. When we come alive in Christ, then God says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. But you understand out there, there is a battle that's going on. And I want you to stay strong. I want you to fight the good fight. I want you to be men and women after my heart. And I want you to stand to all eternity. Because I want you running one day into my arms. And I want to see you being full and mature and complete as you live this life for the glory of God. So if you have a Bible, I'm with you today. I invite you up with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Oh man, I love this. I'm excited about this series. So Get ready, but we're going to just be in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 in this series. We're going to unpack the first couple of verses today. If you're new to the Bible, you can go to the middle, go to the right. and You'll end up there in Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you need a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back at whatever campus you are. Or also, if you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and find God's Word there or on new version. But I love the book of Ephesians. You know, Bible scholars say it's the Apostle Paul's kind of crown jewel. Because Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus, the church that he, he loves, and he, he pours out this great doctrine and theology. It's kind of like Romans. Romans follows this pattern, you know, for your chapters 1 through 11. It's all this great doctrine and theology. And then chapter 12, it turns the corner. Therefore, live it out. And here's how you live your everyday life, Right. Ephesians does the same thing. Chapters 1 through 3. It's all this just beautiful about identity in Christ. For it is by grace you've been saved. Chapter 2. You know, It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by works, lest no man should boast. For you are God's workmanship. That means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Think about that for a moment. There's nobody else in the world just like you. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. And then you get to chapter 4 and it kind of turns the corner and it says, "Okay, now live it out." Right? Here's some rules for Christian living. Here's some rules for Christian household. Here's how you're to live out your faith in your everyday life. And so you come here to verse 10 of chapter 6 and he says, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power." Guys, be strong. Be confident. Be bold with who you are in Christ. And it's not in your power, it's in his power, his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. I love that. Put on the full armor of God. Not just part of the armor. I don't know if you guys know there's a big football game today. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's happening later on today. But, but when those guys go out to battle, right, they're going to put on the full armor, They're not just going to go, well, I got shoulder pads, I really don't need a helmet. You know, that's overrated, right? No, they're going to get annihilated, right? I got my leg pads, so I don't need my cleats. No, they need it all. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I mean, Paul's just very clear. There is a spiritual battle that's happening out there. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Your goal and my goal, listen, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. And your goal and my goal is to mature in our faith, to grow stronger in Christ. So one day we stand before God and we hear him say, well done, Well done, good and faithful servant. You stood. You stayed strong. You persevered through all the challenges of life. You stayed true to me. That's why Paul would write, man, I want to finish the race, right? I want to fight the good fight. I want to be a man after God's heart. And I long that for all of us, all of us. So if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to pull out your worship guide. If you want to write some things down, if you're online, pull out the Rolling Hills app you can fill in some blanks, it just helps us remember things as we talk about this everyday armor. Okay, look at this. Number one is this, you have an enemy. You have an enemy, this is just really flat out true. Hey, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you wanna put in there. There is good and there is evil. Hey, when you become a Christian, you gain four things. All right, so as God draws you to himself and invites you into this relationship, and you say, Yes, I want to be a Christ follower, God does four things. Number one is this you find forgiveness by Jesus' atonement on the cross. You see, we've all sinned, we've all messed up. Every single one of us in here, there's nobody in here who's perfect. And we can think about our sins. We got big sins. We can go back to high school or college or whatever. We got little sins, and we go, Man, I already sinned this morning. You know, I already get that. But we can't forgive ourselves. As hard as we try, we can't. We need forgiveness. And there is forgiveness by Jesus' atonement on the cross, that Jesus took your place. He took my place. Praise God for that, right? Substitutionary atonement. He stood in your place. He stood in my place. Oh, man, I pray that that love would well up inside of you. But you gain forgiveness. You gain, too, God's Holy Spirit in you. So you're not just living this life, you know, trying to figure things out. It's God's Holy Spirit who's prompting you, leading you, guiding you, God's Holy Spirit called the counselor, the comforter, God's spirit in you to guide you in the decisions that you make. Number three is this, you gain eternal life in heaven. This life is not all that there is, guys. I mean, this is kind of like the introduction. You know, the real story is to come. There is eternity. There's this life and there is eternity. I mean, it goes on a lot longer, okay? And, And so where will you spend eternity? When you're in Christ, there's heaven. And heaven's gonna be incredible. I mean, we did a series on it a couple of years ago. It's just unbelievable as you unpack the word of God. But the fourth thing you gain is this, an enemy. You gain an enemy. It's Satan. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. See, Satan was an angel. Who wanted to compete with God. He couldn't compete with God. God is God. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing. And so Satan was banned. And he came down. And here's the thing about Satan, the devil. Right, he knows he can't get to God. God's omniscient, all powerful. You can't get to God. So what does he do? He goes after God's kids, (laughs) right? If you want to get to me, it's one thing, but you go after my kids, hold on, hold on a whole different thing. And so the devil just like, it says the God little G of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers, wants to distract people from coming to know God. But then when you are in Christ, he wants to render you ineffective, He wants to get you busy doing things that really don't matter, are inconsequential. He wants you to not focus on the things of God. So you've got an enemy here. Now here's the thing when it comes to our enemy. There are two problems when it comes to our enemy. The first is this, we overestimate or we underestimate the devil. Sometimes we overestimate, right? And there's people out there, you probably know people out there You go, well, everything they do wrong, they're like, the devil made me do it? that was it. Wasn't my fault. Wasn't my fault. It was the devil, right? The devil made me do it, right? Or they see the demon behind every bush or everything, and they're, and they're always stressed out. They're always anxious. They're always afraid. And they're, but we're not to be like that. You don't overestimate. Satan is limited. He's not omniscient. He's not all-powerful, right? He's limited. There's demons. But sometimes we underestimate. Sometimes we underestimate. And, and we don't think about that. There is this spiritual battle. And so we just kind of go on living our lives and One of the devil's biggest schemes is to kind of let us know, hey, I don't really exist. You know, don't worry about me. And so we move on and move forward. But notice this, your enemy from 1 Peter, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. You know, Peter talks about the devil. Paul talks about the devil. Jesus talks about the devil. The devil is very real. Hey, be aware of the devil's schemes. Schemes. That word schemes, I mean, that's kind of a you know, scheming, right? You know, it's one thing if somebody does something to you and then they apologize, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, that was an accident. And you're like, oh, it's no big deal, okay, we'll get over it, whatever. But it's another thing if you find out they were scheming, right? They were like planning this. You're like, hey, wait a minute, man. Well, that's that's not cool, okay? Like, stop that. Like, that's not right. Well, the devil has these schemes. I don't know if you like to read, but uh, uh C.S. Lewis has a great book called The Screw Tape Letters. Uh C.S. Lewis. Brilliant thinker, right, who was an atheist and then gave his life to Christ in his early 30s. Uh, he was a professor at Oxford and Cambridge and, and went on to write Mere Christianity, Chronicles of Narnia, I mean, The Great Divorce, I mean, all these incredible books. But he writes the screw tape letters from the view of, like, the underworld, right, of Satan's world. And he talks about this head demon screw tape who has this apprentice Wormwood, who's who's his apprentice demon, who's out there trying to keep people from knowing God. And and screw tape just keeps going. It's subtle. Little things. Just keep them distracted. Keep them moving away from the Lord. And you kind of read this and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's his scheme. That's his scheme. It's subtle. It's not the big things like, hey, I'm gonna wreck my life and go out and make horrible decisions. It's just the the little daily gradual things. If you go back to Genesis, right? Genesis one and two, God creates man. And God creates man for a relationship with him. So if you ever wonder why you were created, like why I'm on this earth, you were created for a relationship with God. And life really doesn't make sense until you get this relationship right, right? And that's through Jesus. Well, God creates man for a relationship with him. And God puts Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden and things are great. And he's like, all this is yours. All of this, except that one tree. Just stay away from this one tree over here. And they're like, that tree? You know, like they kind of, Go over here. And then in Genesis chapter 3, here comes Satan. And he comes in the serpent and he comes up to Eve and he's like, did God really say you shouldn't eat from this tree? Really? You can go back and read it in Genesis 3. Did God really say that? And all of a sudden you begin to rationalize. And she's like, well, yeah, God did say, you know, that we shouldn't eat from this tree. He's like, come on, it's no big deal. I mean, it really, there's no consequences. You're just going to be like, God, it's just going to be a great thing. Just go ahead, you know, have fun, do it, enjoy it, right? And so what does she do? She eats, she sins, and all of a sudden her eyes are open. And, and guys, that's what happens to us, right? It starts with the rationalization. God really said, you're like, oh, I mean, you know what? It's just a few drinks, and I'll drive. I'm fine. It's no big deal, right? They're consenting adults. It's fine. I mean, come on. It's not to be. I really need church. I would know all this stuff anyway. I mean, really. And you start with this rationalization of the things of God. And then you start to minimize the consequences. It's no big deal, right? No, it's going to be fine. But here's the thing about sin. Sin always takes you further than you want to go. It leaves you longer than you want to stay, and it costs you more than you ever wanted to pay. And as soon as they sinned, what happened? Adam and Eve we're like oh man we're naked they try to cover them up they try to hide from God we start this hiding thing we start this blaming thing right Him, Adam goes God you made her it's her fault right it's your fault really because you made her yeah, you know we start this blaming and all of a sudden this division and this brokenness and this pain Jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus said I have come that you might have life and have it to the full forgiveness and grace that's what God wants to do so just be aware when you start that rationalization process. Look, the battlefield is, there's four places that we'll see in Ephesians. In Ephesians four, he talks first about this, the struggle against flesh and blood. and He talks about the battlefield of your mind, your mind. He says, do not let the devil get a foothold. And so often it starts right here, right? It starts in our mind. And that's where Satan wants to come because you know, you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And so Satan comes and wants to get a hold of your mind. Uh, you know, pornography is a billion dollar business. Why? Because guys, in here, you know, that image gets locked in your mind. Mm. And it erodes your capacity for intimacy. That's what it does. And all of a sudden, it's locked in there and Satan knows, man, oh, I could just get there. Women, you know, there's this bitterness that may come in or this jealousy, this envy and, and it gets in your mind and you can't let it go and you're mad at this person. It may have happened years ago and they don't even know you're still mad at them but boy, you can't sleep at night because it's in your mind and you've got to go, Satan, I'm not letting you get a foothold here. My God is greater. I'm taking captive every thought. Whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent, I want to think about those things. I want to put that in my mind. Guys, if you're a parent here, you know, we got precious kids out there. And Satan knows if I could just get in their mind. And we've got a great family ministry team. I love our family ministry team. Chase Baker, our family pastor, and Jennifer Akers. They, they host a parenting podcast. And, and so you can go and, and look on our app and see the parenting podcast. But right now, they're talking about social media. And, and they're talking about just the impact of social media. And there's some great things about social media. There are some great things. But boy, there's some challenges, especially when you're a middle school girl, or a high school girl or a high school boy, you start to put these things in your mind, and as a parent, we've gotta come along and go, I need to help protect them. I mean, they're in elementary school. I don't think they need TikTok right now, okay? I mean, like, you know, there's some things that we just need to think about. Snapchat, I'm not sure if that's good for my fourth grader, right? We need to say, hold on, there's a battle for their mind. I need to talk about this. I need to know what's going on. I need to understand that because there is a spiritual battle happening. It happens in your home, there's a battle in your home, right? And you can feel it. If you go to Ephesians chapter five, he talks about marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Hey guys, just a heads up. Uh, next Sunday is Valentine's. Just, just public service announcement. Just telling you right now, all right? I'm telling you guys, it is a big deal, all right? So you come up with something, get a card, go to dinner, do something. But guys, don't let Satan get a foothold in your marriage. please. It's too valuable. And you need to fight for one another. You need to encourage one another. You need to be building one another up. And you need to say, I love you. I care about you. Yes, we're going to have some disagreements. Yes, there's going to be some struggles and some things. Hey, goes on in Ephesians 5. He says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. You know, be godly in your home. But there's a battlefield that's happening around. Don't let Satan get a foothold there. Your workplace, <laughs> he talks about this. He says, slaves and masters, but Back then, everybody was kind of a slave. When the Romans conquered everybody, even doctors were slaves. I mean, it was like everybody. But he says, man, have integrity in your workplace. Care about the people in your workplace. Don't let Satan get a foothold there and then your church, (laughs) your church. See, Satan knows if I could bring in and, and get them, you know, disunified, if I could come in and bring some, you know, people argue about things that don't really matter, then, then I'm gonna get the church divided. And he knows the church is the vehicle by which God accomplishes his work in this world. And when you and I lock arms together, when you and I are focused on Christ, when you and I are encouraging one another and loving one another, man, we can impact this entire city, this entire country, this entire world. And Satan knows that. And so for us to understand that there's a battle, and I'm not gonna let Satan get a foothold there. Now notice the battle is spiritual, not physical. The battle is spiritual, not physical, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in this spiritual battle. You see, for a lot of us, if we don't see it, then we don't think it exists, right? Well, I can't really see it, so I don't, you know, I mean, it's like I'm just gonna focus on the things that I can see, I'm gonna focus on the things that I can understand, and then I get that. And I was kind of like that, right? And then they came along with the cloud, and they're like, all your information goes to the cloud. You're like, where's that, right? Where's my thumb drive? I know that. I can see that, right? It's all there, but now it's on the hard drive, but now it's not. Now it's somewhere up there. But what we understand is somewhere up there can impact us, right? In a big way, in a huge way. I mean, like all your information's up there. Everything's up there, right? And and we understand that things we can't see still impact us. You, You remember being a kid, and there was this saying, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, (laughs) because I can't see words, right? Oh, but man, how many of us, we'd much rather have the sticks and stones any day? Because so many people just carry the, the burden of the words that were said to them by a coach, or a teacher, or a parent. And they've let that just be in their heart and their soul and define them and the hurt and pain that comes for years. And we have to understand, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, that's spiritual, and that's not of the Lord, and God, I wanna give that to you. God, I wanna lay that before you, that hurt and that pain. God, you redeem that. You restore that, God. We're in a spiritual battle. See, temptation is not a sin. I tell you guys often, but it's so important to know, because we're all gonna be tempted. We're all gonna be tempted. And we have to understand that Jesus was tempted. You go back to Matthew 4. Jesus was taken out of the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan, right? And every time those temptations came, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross, right? Take a shortcut. I mean, who cares about those people? Listen, you just be worshiped. You be glorified. You don't have to go and suffer. And he refuted every time with scripture. Every time the scripture. Why? Because his mind was filled with scripture. He knew the word of God, right? We're gonna be tempted. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is actually an opportunity for you to choose what's right. And if we start to look at it this way, like, hey, wait a minute, I got an opportunity here. Yep, I shouldn't go to that website, but, but here's an opportunity for me to choose the right thing. Yeah, I know I shouldn't escalate this, but here's an opportunity for you to choose the right thing. I shouldn't probably watch this movie. You know, I should fast forward through that. I, but there's an opportunity. Opportunity right here. Recognize the tension points in the struggle. Guys, recognize the tension points in the struggle. You know, when you have a disagreement with your spouse or with your roommates, and you know, I mean, you know there's just this hot button, this point, and you can escalate this thing really quickly, or you can defuse it. You can go, you know what, it's okay. We're not going to fight about this. I love you. I care about you. We're on the same team. You can defuse that, or you can, man, stir the pot, right? And you can just take this thing, and you can watch it combust, but you recognize these tension points and you start to see that, hold on, Satan's baiting me. Satan's baiting me right here to move in and and, and I don't wanna fight, I don't wanna do that. No, I care about you. I don't have to win every argument. It's okay. I love you. See, sometimes people talk about, why is there evil and suffering in the world? Why is this this problem with pain and suffering in the world? And, And I wanna say, well, why is there good in the world? Right, I mean, you know, there's probably pain because we're all sinful, we all make mistakes, we all want our own way, we all want to win. But why is there good? Because of God's grace and God's mercy and because of God's church and because of Christ's followers who come along and say, I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna care about you, I'm gonna bless you in the middle of this battle. I care about you. And I wanna do what God has called me to do right here, right now. Recognize those tension points when they come. Hey, there is everyday armor, for the Christ follower. Everyday armor for you and for me. Therefore, put on the full armor, right? Not just a few pieces of the armor, put on the full armor of God, of God. Hey, put on implies action. It implies action, implies you've gotta do something. Salvation, God's work. Putting it on, our work, you know, to be involved there. Now, when Paul was writing this, the church in Ephesus, there were Roman soldiers everywhere. Okay, the Roman soldiers, I mean, the best fighting you know, legions we've ever seen in the history of the world. And these guys are all decked out. I mean, whether you were in Ephesus or you were in Colossae or whether you were in Jerusalem or whether you were in Rome, there are Roman soldiers. And every piece of the armor that they have on matters, right? I mean, they got sandals on that they're going to be in, like, digging in because they got the leverage. And they've got a helmet on when the arrows come, they can knock it off. They got shields, they've got breastplates, they are ready to go. And they are focused. When they wake up, they're putting it on. It implies action. God's part, our part. God's part, he saves us, redeems us. Our part, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You've got a part to play in this struggle, in this battle. So the full armor of God becomes what we need to put on each day. When I roll out of bed, you know, it's not just me getting all my clothes, I my shirt, my pants, all that. I start to think, okay, God clothed me with love. God, clothed me with the armor of God. God, clothed me with grace. God, use me today in my marriage with my roommates. Use me today in my workplace. Use me today for your glory. God, I want to be yours. Put me in, coach. Let's go. I want to serve you. So we're going to look at these pieces of armor. and We're going to unpack them in the weeks to come, all right? But I want you to see that there is the belt of truth. We're going to talk about this more next week. But boy, don't we need truth? In our world today, man, there is so many lies out there. And you know what Satan's name is? Father of lies. Really. And so we need truth. He says, put on the truth. We'll talk about it next week. The breastplate of righteousness. Cover your heart. Know who you are in Christ. The righteousness of God. I love, this is just kind of deeper study, but if you want to go back to Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, when God goes into battle, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness. i just say, that's so cool, you know. Uh, your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. When I walk into a situation, am I bringing peace? Am I bringing hope? Or am I stirring the pot, right? Hey, the shield of faith. The shield of faith, knowing that God is sovereign. I'm not living by fear, I'm living by faith. The helmet of salvation. Who I am in Christ, and the sword of the Spirit. That's the word of God, that I know God. And a lot of people kind of stop there. They go, these are the six pieces of armor. This is what you need to put on. But Paul goes in verse 18, there's one more, and prayer, (laughs) and prayer. He's like, and pray on all occasions. You pray. And if you notice, those first five are defensive, right? That we take a stand. It's the next two, the sword of the Spirit and prayer that we really could do damage to the war room of hell, that we can really bless people and encourage people and further God's kingdom even today. Now guys, I gotta tell you this, that really comes down to your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It says in the book of James, do you believe in God? Good, even the demons believe in God and shudder. <laughs> Right, I mean, there's everybody, you know, at some point is gonna go, hey, there is a God, right? Every civilization that's ever existed has had some form of worship. We all recognize it. every movie, all of history, there is good and there is evil. And it comes down to this relationship with Jesus. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Have you asked that God comes into your heart to forgive your sins? As God draws you to himself, have you put your faith and your trust in him and in him alone? And if you have, guys, God's already won the victory. <laughs> He's already won. The victory is sure. You are forever his. What an incredible gift an incredible promise. You know, when I was growing up, I, I can remember uh, going to elementary school. And I was so excited. I can't remember if like though it was kindergarten or first grade, but I can picture in my mind, you know, the house. I can picture in my mind, the school. It was Oak Grove Elementary School. And we lived about a half a mile from the school, and so I could walk to school or I could ride my bike later on as I, I got older. And I was so excited about going to school. Now we were the Oak Grove Acorns. Uh, like that's an intimidating mascot, okay. Right there, you know. <laughs> you got Regency right down the street, and they were the knights. And I was like, knights versus acorns. Hmm. I was like, what's gonna happen here? I don't know. I guess I grew up to be a tree. I like, you know, I don't know what it was, but old oh, grove acorns, but I couldn't wait. I, I just was like, I want to go to school, I want to learn, I want to grow. And, and so I can remember going to school, and then when I got to school, what I discovered was this: there were giants in the land. Like, I didn't know, but there were, like, fourth and fifth grade boys at school, and they were, like, shaving. I mean, it was like, <gasps> what happened? I, I, like, I was all innocent at my lunchbox, right, you know, and I'm going to school, and, like, there's these giants, and then you start hearing about bullies, and you start, like, they put first graders in trash cans, and you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on, you know? And I, I didn't know what was happening, and, and I, and I love school, but I remember coming home, and I remember talking to my dad, and my dad was like, how was school, you know, I'm like, uh, Oh, it was good. It was fun. I love my teachers and I meet my friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, but there were some like, big kids there, Dad, you know? <laughs> and my dad was just kind of laughing. He's just like, hey, just always remember, I'm bigger than any of those fourth and fifth grade boys. <laughs> and I remember just dialing into my head, like, you know what? He's right. He really is. And he's my dad. <laughs> and he's bigger than any of them. Why am I worried? Why am I so? What in the world? What are they going to do? My dad's bigger than your dad, right? I mean, like, I got my dad. And guys, if we just start to think about this, hold on, hold on. My God is bigger. My God's already won the victory. My God is stronger than any problem, any situation that I'm ever going to face. I can bring it all and put it in His hands, and God's got it. And I don't have to live in fear. I can live with boldness. I can live with confidence because I'm on the winning side. Listen, listen, I've read to the end of the book. God wins. He does. He wins every time. And you and I can trust in him. And here's what the apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter eight. He says, now listen, what should our response be to all this? If God is for us, who could be against us? If God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, no, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither demons nor angels, neither height nor depth, nor the present nor the future, nor nothing in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. You're on the winning side and God is with you and he is for you and he has called you for a time such as this. So put on the armor guys. Because God is at work in your heart, in your life, in your mind, in your home, in your workplace, in your church, and this is our time. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. But I know this, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is here. And he is bigger than anything or anyone that we face. Maybe you're here today You've never committed your life to Christ. Guys, listen, there's only two ways, right? There's God's way or there's Satan's way. I mean, it is a spiritual battle. There's good and there's evil. Those are the two choices. At some point, will you surrender your heart? God, draw me to yourself. God, I commit my life to you. Maybe right where you are today, just Jesus, forgive my sins. I'm yours. Maybe today, if you're honest, man, Satan's got a foothold. Well, maybe Satan's got a foothold in your mind. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's envy or jealousy. Maybe it's bitterness. There's somebody you just can't forgive, man, and they, they stir around in your mind and you've held this grudge for years. Can you let it go? And you give it to God. Maybe today, you just haven't been engaged in this battle. You've been going through the motions, but, but today, God's saying, no, come on, put it on the floor. Begin to pray for, for your home, for your marriage, for your roommates. Begin to pray for your children. Begin to serve as God's church and be the hands and feet of Christ. So Father God, here we are. <laughs> Father, we come to serve you, to follow you with our lives. God, thank you that the battle is yours and you've already won. The victory is sure. And so for however many days we have on this earth, God, let us stand for your name and for your glory. Let us point people to you, the hope and the joy and the peace that comes in Christ and Christ alone. Let us be men and women after your heart. Let us clothe ourselves with love and with grace in all our relationships. For God, we're forever yours. Meet us in this moment right now and change us forever. And it's in the beautiful, holy, precious name of Jesus that we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our app or you can check out our website, rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening in ways that you can connect. We're so thankful for you.